Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, Lola and the team forced their way through the entrance of the headquarters of Texpania and they arrived at the boardroom of the 51st floor. In this chapter, we're going to find out how the men in this boardroom react to the unexpected intervention. Here we go. The Adventures of Lola Badiola Chapter 55 The Setup The boardroom was comfortably cold, kept at a steady temperature by the silent air conditioning system. There was a faint smell of tobacco mixed with potpourri from the pots of petals on the sideboards. All the ambient noise was absorbed by the padded walls and carpeted floor. The central feature of the room was a long, thin maple wood table. It could seat about 25 people. At the end of it was a group of men working on a deal. None of them noticed that Lola and her team had entered. They were completely focused on some small but significant element of the contract. At the centre of the table was Mario Ruiz de Belasco, impeccably dressed in a tailored suit, high-collar shirt and a Windsor-knotted tie. His silver hair was lustrous and shiny. His skin was tanned and smooth. His body language exuded confidence and invincibility. Either side of him were his lawyers, senior partners from Urdangarian Mendoza, Spain's most prestigious law firm, guiding their master like two German shepherds. To the left of this group was Luis Brunya, looking thin and sallow, like the life had been sucked out of him by a death-eater. And to the right was Cayetano Tolosa, scrolling through his mobile phone. Sitting opposite them was J.J. Thompson, wearing one of his ACDC t-shirts, skin-tight jeans and Air Jordan basketball boots. He clearly hadn't read the dress code for the party. Next to him was a wise-looking man, presumably J.J.'s legal counsel and business mentor, the man that had assisted the entrepreneur in all of his previous contract negotiations. Lola stood at the entrance of the boardroom, observing the face-off in front of her. Five men on one side of the table, two on the other. It seemed distinctly unbalanced, symbolic of their relative power in the cybersecurity market. It was clear that they had yet to reach an agreement, and therefore Lola and her team had arrived in time. Now she had to put her plan into action. "'Good afternoon,' she said in a loud, commanding voice. All seven men stopped what they were doing and looked in her direction. What they saw was a tall, dark-haired woman, silhouetted by the boardroom's panoramic window, staring down at them with a hungry look in her eyes. Standing behind her were three shadowy figures of varying shapes and sizes. For the men in the midst of an intense and protracted negotiation, it must have been a strange and confusing sight. Luis put down the document he was reading. Cayetano stopped scrolling through his smartphone, and Mario Ruiz de Belasco took off his reading glasses. They all sat in silence, trying to figure out what was going on. Lola, what are you doing here? It was JJ who asked the question that was on everyone's mind. We have new information about J-Block that materially affects the value of the company, she replied. Her words were met with silence. The contract negotiation was so advanced that it seemed impossible that anything could derail it. 
all of the terms and conditions had been agreed, all the major clauses had been written, and the lawyers were simply proofreading the final document before it was printed and signed. What new information? asked J.J. slowly, still unable to believe what he was witnessing. Before Lola could answer, a group of five security guards burst into the boardroom, followed by the two receptionists from the 51st floor and José from the ground floor. The guards had their batons drawn and were ready for a riot. You need to come with us, said the biggest and ugliest of them. Wait, said Lola. You need to hear what we have to say. The guards ignored her plea and moved in to grab the intruders, one guard for each of Lola, Gonzalo and Park, two guards for Diego. They started to push the intruders aggressively towards the entrance of the boardroom, encouraged by the three receptionists. While this commotion was happening, nobody noticed that the wise old man sitting next to J.J. had gotten to his feet. In a deep and powerful voice, he shouted, Hold on! Hold on! The man had such a commanding presence that everyone in the room stopped and looked at him. He continued, If there is new information that affects the value of the company, I, for one, would like to hear it. In fact, it is my duty as legal counsel to the vendor to hear it. Then he looked at the two stony-faced lawyers sitting opposite him and said, And it is your duty to the purchaser to do the same. Everyone now looked towards Mario Ruiz de Belasco, who commanded the room like a king amongst consorts. His poker face had not indicated even the faintest sign of any emotion, either positive or negative, during the whole altercation. He looked in the direction of the security guards and simply nodded his head. One by one they released Lola and her team and, reluctantly, left the boardroom, followed shortly afterwards by the receptionists. Please, take a seat, said Ruiz de Velasco calmly motioning for the four newcomers to sit opposite him, as if they had been genuinely invited to the meeting. Would you like something to drink? Water? Coffee? He looked at Lola with a charming smile. No, thank you, said Lola, as she took her seat next to JJ. Diego and Gonzalo sat either side of them. The face-off between the two companies was now more balanced, six to five in J Block's favour. First of all, let me introduce you to my team, said Lola. This is Mr. De La Fuente, technology manager. This is Mr. Garrido, legal counsel. And this is Mr. Pluto, my personal assistant. JJ leaned forwards and looked across at Park with a quizzical expression on his face. He turned to Lola, who nodded her head almost imperceptibly. He turned to Diego, who did the same. Then he sat back in his chair in a state of shock. Mr. Pluto will be taking some notes today, said Lola. Do you have a Wi-Fi password? Luis Brunia slid a piece of paper across the table with the relevant information on it. Park opened up the laptop, signed into the network, and started to hack Texpania. Lola has achieved the first part of her plan. She and her team have arrived at the boardroom before any contract has been signed. 
Now she's implementing the second part of her plan as Park starts to hack Techspania's systems. Okay, before we go any further, let me just make a general comment about this podcast. There are five chapters of our story remaining, including this one. We are reaching the climax of the audiobook. Now, we've always envisioned this story as a trilogy. So there will be two more books to come. And we've already started work on the next one. So enjoy these final five chapters of book one. And then we will let you know what our future plans are for writing, publishing and distributing book two. Okay, that said... Let's get back to Business English. And we'll start with this sentence here. At the center of the table was Mario Ruiz de Velasco, impeccably dressed in a tailored suit, high-collar shirt, and a Windsor-knotted tie. We all know that Mario Ruiz de Velasco is handsome, stylish, and sophisticated. In this sentence, he is described as being impeccably dressed. Impeccable is a great word in English. A very powerful adjective. And even if you haven't heard it before, you can probably guess what it means. Literally, it means without sin. In other words, without any imperfections. You might talk about someone's impeccable logic or somebody's impeccable timing. In this case, we're talking about Mario Ruiz de Velasco's impeccable dress. More specifically, he's wearing a tailor-made suit. The material is cut to fit his body perfectly by an expert, by a tailor. It isn't an off-the-peg suit. It isn't a ready-to-wear suit that you would buy in a shop like Ugo Boss or Massimo Dutti. Now, we also use the word tailor-made or tailored quite frequently in business English. For example, a consultancy might offer tailor-made solutions to their clients. At Grattan Communications, we offer tailor-made public speaking classes for specific companies. Any business service that is designed with a specific client in mind could be considered either customized or tailor-made. Okay, finally, Mario Ruiz de Velasco is wearing a Windsor knotted tie. There are various ways that we can tie our ties. And the one that is most popular with the British royal family, the Windsors, particularly Edward VIII back in the 1930s, is known as the Windsor Knot. It is a thick, wide and triangular tie knot that projects confidence. According to the experts, it should be your knot of choice for presentations, job interviews, courtroom appearances, etc., etc., So you can look up on YouTube how to create the perfect Windsor knot in your tie. And you can look like a member of the British royal family 
you can look as smart and sophisticated as Mario Ruiz de Velasco. Okay, let's continue our description of the people that Lola confronts in the boardroom. Have a listen to this again. Either side of him were his lawyers, senior partners from Urdangari and Mendoza, Spain's most prestigious law firm, guiding their master like two German shepherds. The German shepherd, or Alsatian, is a German breed of working dog of medium to large size. Generally, it's considered an excellent all-purpose worker. It's large, it's muscular, and it's highly intelligent. Personally, I find German Shepherd dogs a little bit intimidating. Just like I find corporate lawyers a little bit intimidating. Okay, let's move on to some more vocabulary. Listen to this again. To the left of this group was Luis Brunya, looking thin and sallow, like the life had been sucked out of him by a death eater. Sallow is an adjective to describe white-skinned people when their skin is yellowish and looking unhealthy. When you don't eat enough nutrient-rich foods, your skin can become sallow over time. That's because skin cells aren't getting the nutrients needed to stay healthy. Stress can also have a negative effect on your body in a number of ways. And your skin is technically the largest organ in your body, so that the stress resulting from higher levels of the hormone cortisol manifests itself in the skin before affecting other parts of the body. Also, if you don't get enough sleep consistently, your skin won't get the nutrients it needs to stay hydrated and healthy. Over time, sleep deprivation will also cause sallow skin. Personally, I have very sensitive skin, particularly on my face. So if I go out for a run in the sun, or in the cold, or in the wind, or pretty much in any kind of weather, I'll come back with a red face. And it's very clear to me how healthy my current lifestyle is because it's so obvious from the skin on my face when I look in the mirror. I don't know if you feel the same way about your skin when you look in the mirror, but for me, it's a very clear indicator of how healthy I am at any one point in time. Okay, another word that's used in this phrase is the word death eater. Do you know where that comes from? Do you recognize the expression death eater? Well, this is a reference to one of the creatures in the books and the films of Harry Potter. Death eaters are the followers of the evil Lord Voldemort. Sorry, my kids are going to go crazy. It's not Voldemort, it's Voldemort. They are black, cloaked, faceless beings that fly around at nighttime and suck the life out of their victims. Those are the Death Eaters. Now, in our story, Luis Brunya, a nice guy, a family man, a manager who has always been good to Lola, is now sitting 
in the boardroom with sallow skin, looking like he's been attacked by a death eater. This is what happens when a good person is corrupted by their environment and the people around them. Unfortunately, it's something that happens from time to time to employees in competitive companies. Okay, let's move on to some technical vocabulary. Here we go. All of the terms and conditions had been agreed. All the major clauses had been written, and the lawyers were simply proofreading the final document before it was printed and signed. Proofreading is simply the process of ensuring that there are no spelling mistakes, grammatical errors, or inconsistencies in a document. The proofreader performs the final check or test of a book, or any other kind of publication, before it is printed and distributed. Now, we are working on finalizing the written version of this book, The Adventures of Lola Badiola. And right now, at the moment, we are looking for a proofreader who can go through line by line and check that there are no mistakes in our grammar, in our vocabulary, or any inconsistencies in our story. It's kind of like the last step you take before you publish your book. Okay, let's move on to another interesting expression. Listen to this again. Everyone now looked towards Mario Ruiz de Velasco, who commanded the room like a king amongst consorts. His poker face had not indicated even the faintest sign of any emotion, either positive or negative, during the whole altercation. A poker face is one that expresses no emotion or reaction, particularly in stressful or demanding situations. You know what a game of poker is, right? It's a card game that involves gambling, where players try to work out if their opponents have a better set of cards than they do. On the basis of statistics, the actions they make during the game, their body language, and their facial expressions. If you have a poker face, you reveal no information about how good or how bad your set of cards is, therefore making it difficult for your opponents to compete against you. And therefore, in everyday life, if you have a poker face, you reveal very little information about what you think of things on the basis of your body language and facial expression. You may know a Lady Gaga song called Poker Face. Can't read my, can't read my, no, he can't read my poker face. Okay, let's move on to a pronunciation exercise. Have a listen to this again. Mr. Pluto will be taking some notes today, said Lola. Do you have a Wi-Fi password? Make sure you pronounce the word Wi-Fi and not Wi-Fi. The I vowel can cause some confusion amongst non-native English speakers. So let's just review the words in business English where the I vowel is most commonly mispronounced. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say a sentence with some missing words. You have to say the missing words out loud and be careful because 
they contain the I vowel that is often mispronounced. So here's your first sentence. Here we go. If you speak two languages, you are B. If you speak two languages, you are bilingual, not bilingual. Okay, here's the next sentence. A company focused on innovation in the pharmaceutical sector is a B company. A biotech company. Biotech, bilingual, biology. Okay, here's the next one. If you have an infection, a terrible infection, a doctor may prescribe pills that are a... What do we call those pills? They are a antibiotics. Now, the word antibiotics is super interesting from a pronunciation perspective because it contains three I vowels and each of them is pronounced differently. Sorry about that. That's English pronunciation for you. Antibiotics. E-I-E. Three I vowels, each of them pronounced differently. Okay, here's our next sentence. If you have many tasks to do, you will need to order them according to their importance. You will need to pr... You will need to prioritize. The prioritization of your tasks. It's an important duty for an effective and efficient manager. Okay, and then finally, when your teenage daughter arrives on holiday at a beautiful hotel in the mountains, the first thing she'll ask for is the code for the wa. The code for the Wi-Fi. There it is. Okay, Let's end today with an important and misunderstood element of effective communication. Here we go. His silver hair was lustrous and shiny. His skin was tanned and smooth. His body language exuded confidence and invincibility. We all know that body language is important in meetings, in presentations and in speeches. But how important is it? There is this well-known statistic that is used by business coaches who help professionals and directors project more confidence when they are communicating. And the statistic is known as the 738-55 rule. 738-55. And the rule states that 7% of meaning is communicated through the spoken word, 38% through the tone of voice, and 55% through body language. Now, this idea, this rule, was developed by psychology professor Albert Morabian at the University of California, who described his research and his conclusions in his 1971 book, Silent Messages. And this rule, 73855, which really implies that body language is super important, way more important than actually what you say, 
this rule has become very influential amongst communication coaches. Only 7% of meaning is communicated through the spoken word. 55% is communicated through body language. That's what these communication coaches tell us. Isn't that amazing? The way you move, the way you hold yourself is much more significant than what you say and the words you choose when you're delivering a message to your team at a conference at a speech. So business coaches use this 738-55 rule to convince CEOs that all they have to do in order to communicate more effectively and persuasively is learn effective body language. It's as if there is this magic bullet to effective leadership. And I've heard this statistic used by body language experts on many occasions. And it's a really simplistic way of interpreting the research and the findings of this psychology professor. Because the reality is, Albert Marabian focused solely on the communication of emotions. That's what his research was looking into. Just emotions. Not the communication of ideas or arguments or beliefs. The words you choose... The way you structure your arguments, the logic you use is absolutely vital in any form of communication, particularly in business. And while the tone of voice and the body language can make your communication more impactful or can detract from your communication if you're not doing it well, it is, at the end of the day, just one or two elements in a very complex mix of ingredients that leads to persuasive communication. Body language is not a magic bullet that will make you more persuasive, that will make you a more effective communicator. If you are interested in learning the complete set of techniques while we run public speaking workshops for companies and individuals, just check out our website www.gratton.es and you will find the information. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope that you will join us for the next episode of The Adventures of Lola Badiola. Only four more to go before we finish book one. Until then, keep bringing English into your life and remember... If you want to have perfect skin, eat healthy food, manage your stress levels, and get a good night's sleep.